Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Hey, friends, thanks for joining. And no, this isn't the wonderful voice of Emma Dodder. She's out for a few days, and she's left me here to tackle these passages unsupervised. She might be trying to tell me something, having me talk about false prophets, but I'm going to assume positive intent. If you haven't met me, my name is Ben Krejci, and for almost a year now, I've been helping and serving the Join the Journey podcast team, specifically around editing the content of the podcast. And it's been one of my favorite ways I've gotten to spend my time. It's been such a sweet area of personal growth for me, learning how to teach the Bible chapter by chapter. But if I can get honest with you for a second, it's been really difficult. Passages like these, 2 Peter 2, really makes a teacher stop and think, and the listener take a second to interpret what we're hearing. Is it true? Is it from the Lord or is it from me? When we talk about false prophets and false teachers, what do you think of? Do you think of politics, the news? Just today I saw an ad talking about using Google to fact check for the sake of truth. Truth is something that's valued like gold, yet just as it is with gold, it seems so hard to find and in short supply. But today we get an example of how important it is to teach the truth because it shows what happens to people who don't share the truth. As I've been reading 2 Peter, I've been amazed at the amount of transitional words used. For, therefore, and, yet. All of these words build an argument that Peter is trying to convey to the reader one line at a time. An argument that is not bound by the chapters, but flows from one chapter to the other. And we're all too familiar with transitional words. You've heard the phrase, I'm sorry, but... It shows that there is more to the story than just the apology. And look at that. 2 Peter 2 starts off with the word, but. The verse preceding it says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And then verse 2, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And just like that, Peter recognizes how our past can allow us to have a fuller understanding of our current situation. It was exactly this way for the reader. Just as false prophets arose among the people in Israel's past, Peter is saying that it won't stay in the past. It will continue to happen. So what do we do? We get to verses 4 through 10, and we must recognize the consequences of false teaching. We must keep in mind the ideas that truth does not just come from us. It comes from the Lord. And Peter has us look back to that. He first directs us to the angels, which is seemingly a weird place to start, but it's humbling because of the angels' high status. When they turned from truth, the Lord judged them. Or in Noah's day, when people turned away from what is true, the world was flooded and only Noah and his family was spared. And look to Sodom and Gomorrah, destroyed as to make an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. These examples are personally humbling to me as I see the weight and severity that God puts into teaching rightly. But as a listener, a consumer of information as we all are, I'm also convicted on where I go for truth and what I allow to define it. Am I looking for it in media and in culture, or do I look to the Bible, God's word, which is ultimately true and trustworthy? So the next question is the one that Peter answers. How do we spot a false teacher? 
In verses 10 through 19, we look at the conduct of false teachers, and they despise authority. In verse 10, they're more concerned about doing their own thing as opposed to doing God's will. Their theme song is, I did it my way. And in verse 12, the false teachers would act as animals. They would follow their lower instincts, their natural desires, instead of their reasons. Whenever a person rejects God's word and will, here she begins to act irrationally because God's word reveals true reality. Finally, right becomes wrong, and wrong becomes right for him or her. Without the Bible defining truth, what becomes the new definer is our own desires, passions, or our own sin. So friends, to wrap up, this is not an easy passage. It's not one of those that you can just tie a bow on the end and just say, I got it. Honestly, it feels to me like a bit of a rant. Yeah, I think it shows us how passionate Peter is about it and how important truth is. Truth is directly related to the character of God. For example, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he called the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. And a more indirect affirmation that God is truth is in Hebrews 6, 18, which says it is impossible for God to lie. So friends, we must seek and share truth, not what our opinion is, not what culture tells us, but truth is found in the word and the character of God. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.